Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to Building the Broncos with Nick Kendall and Carl Dummler, Broncos Country's leading draft and scouting analysts. Get on over to milehighhuddle.com to sound off on all things Broncos. Welcome in, guys. It is 6.01 Mountain Time on March 29th, Tuesday, uh, 2022. And that means it's time for an episode of what's the hat say? Building the Broncos. <laughs> I am Nick Kendall and joined by, as always, my good friend, Carl Dummer. Carl, how you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Starting to get nice out there. Yeah. Uh, I know you go for hikes. I go for finding golf courses and get a few rounds in. And my yeah. each of my kids actually are very excited about golf this year. Hmm. So I, I might have some golf partners. Wow. Well, there you go. Um, Carl, I'm going to do something to you real quick just because I am OCD. This is going to drive me nuts. So, uh, boom, there we go. Welcome in everybody. See, this is the method to the madness back here. There's no means. It's just uh, kind of making it up as we go along. So yes, building the Broncos, real excited. The weather's getting nicer. Hopefully got some hikes coming up for me as well. Two months from today, I'll be backpacking, which will be a lot of fun over Memorial Day weekend. So yeah, man, I've been working six days a week, uh, since like Christmas. So I am ready for summer. I am starting to get tired, but, uh, not tired of talking Broncos football. That's for sure. And we're going to get into it today. Make sure you guys are following Carl and I on Twitter. Carl is at Carl Dumbler MHH and I am at Nick Kendall MHH. Also make sure you're following us at huddle up pod and at mile high huddle. If you're on Facebook, head over to facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod, as well as facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle. And make sure you subscribe, like, and share. Uh, on the way in and and on the way out if you haven't done it too click those thumbs up as uh dylan von arcs likes to say here sup broncos country make sure you guys hit that like button on the way in and subscribe if you haven't already thank you so much dylan we appreciate you and we appreciate everybody joining us today also shout out to scott working the background working the ones and twos making it show the uh making sure that the show runs as smoothly as possible you know we still a little bit of jazz music in here every once in a while, but uh, that's okay. No hands. Yeah. Especially when we're all clicking the same thing at the same time, but uh topic of interest today, the Broncos, uh, apparently according to Mike Kliss, uh recent signed, probably their biggest signing of the off season, not biggest acquisition because Russell Wilson, duh, but their biggest signing of the off season, 29 year old edge rusher, pass rusher from the Dallas Cowboys undergoing a arthroscopic procedure on his rotator cuff. He's going to be spending the entire off season rehabbing his shoulder with the hope and expectation that he will be ready for the start of the season. Uh, the Broncos went with a conservative, there were conservative treatment options, but unlike Bradley Chubb last year, Broncos decided to sign him with this knowledge that he was going to get the scope done to give him the best chance to play this season without any discomfort. So I think it is important. This isn't something the Broncos were bamboozled on prior to it. They knew this was going to be part of the arrangement and, uh, Ian Rappaport confirmed that as well to Mike Kliss's tweet. But uh, here we are. Uh, we're already what, three weeks into free agency, months and months from the season started. And my biggest fear, which has been the depth of the edge rusher position and the certainty of the edge rushers that were relying on the top, already becoming questionable. Yeah. I mean, when he when he signed, you and I both talked about this, that our, our biggest, like you said, biggest concern. You got Bradley Chubb, who's injury prone has had trouble staying healthy 
pretty much he had his rookie year, and then since then he's been up and down injury-wise. Randy Gregory never played a full season yet where he's been able to play in every single game. And I'm not – yeah, we're not ready to overreact too much, but it just keeps adding to the, the picture here that this is probably going to be a concern. The odds of both Chubb and Gregory staying healthy the entire season, I would probably put it under 15%. Yeah, it's a uh, it's probably the biggest concern for me on the roster right now. It has been prior to this information coming out uh, because if you guys have listened to me, I think Jonathan Cooper was very good last year for a depth pass rusher, but he's going to be what 25 years old this year. He's not really a height, weight, speed freak, and he's already so refined with his hand technique when he's rushing the passer, which credit to him. That means he's working, but it also means I think he's probably closer to a ceiling than you know somebody who's just out there winning off of athleticism and tools. So is he somebody you want as your third edge rusher or potentially starting with Bradley Chubb slash Randy Gregory being injury concerns, you know, availability questions, not for me. And even lower on the bar is Malik Reed, who King of the coverage sack here, a good, honestly, I think I'd love him as a three, a four, three will who can, uh, or excuse me, Sam, who can do some coverage stuff in base as well, but I digress. Uh, so Todd coming in here. Hello, Broncos country, Nick and Carl just stopping in to say hello late here. So I will catch the show later. Hope all is well. Good to see you, Todd. Master Banks was coming in saying, now we're screwed. Now we're not screwed yet. And Chase said, walking him off the ledge there. Yeah, screwed is when you don't have a quarterback. Uh, but this is definitely something that the Broncos knew about as DH comes in here and says, just read an article stating the Broncos were on board with this procedure. Yeah, they they knew about it. And I think they maybe learned a little bit from Bradley Chubb last year as well, where if you're not fully healthy, it's better to get into uh better to take care of it early uh than later on but definitely something to consider uh for sure it's just a it's a concern going forward and we'll have to monitor it i'm just hoping that he's healthy and ready to go by the time the season kicks off we got jay also coming in with all the question marks surrounding gregory and then on top of knowing he needs surgery i'm afraid peyton made a mistake on this one i think that this is a reason that randy gregory being four years younger and coming off an incredible season was significantly cheaper than Chandler Jones and Von Miller. Uh, I think this shoulder surgery is probably baked into it. Everybody, I think it was Mike Renner on PFF said, this is the best signing value wise of the off season, considering the position and what the tape looks like. Oh, there's the caveat shoulder surgery. Who knows what that's like for him long-term or for this season. I think that's, that was definitely already known. It's a risk, but it's also the way the deal is structured. It's essentially a two-year deal. So if yeah. he flames out, then you're not really on the hook for much after 2023. Yeah, it, when it when the deal is too good to be true, you got to start wondering why is the the deal too good to be true, yeah. and and this is this is it. Now, yes, he is supposed to be ready for the season, but this also means that he is not able to to lift for at least part of the summer. So he's going to spend the entire time having to go through this recovery process. So he's not going to be at that full ability day one, and I think they're probably going to have to ease him back. And we heard a lot of these same things, like I said last year with Bradley Chubb. Oh, he'll be ready for the season. He played one game, boom. Now he's out again. Re-injured the, the injury. Now, like I said, Gregory, they're actually doing the surgery. They're not just trying to hope that it heals itself as they go, but it's still, like I said, just adds to the full picture of everything that's going on. And it just shows how much more the Broncos need to add to this position. Like I said, I, I think they need to have another free agency signing. I think they probably pick 64. They need to be looking pretty darn hard if there's any edge rushers that they like at that position. Uh, you know, you don't reach for a guy, but this is definitely at the top of the list of anything that you're looking for. I know a lot of people still looking at that right tackle spot. No, edge rusher. 
It it is the the top of the top because you need you need not only two starters, but you like you said, you need depth. You need guys that can come in and give you quality snaps. I think of that 2015 team. You know, you had Shaq Barrett as a backup guy. That was huge for that defense for them not to lose much of a step when Von Miller and Demarcus Ware had to be out. Then they had Shane Ray when he was actually healthy. Wasn't I mean he wasn't great, but he wasn't terrible either as a number four rusher. And right now the Broncos just don't have that kind of look. And with what they're hoping to do with playing with leads and everything else, you need a good pass rush to make sure that you hold on to those leads. And like I said, if Gregory can't play, if Bradley Chubb misses some time, you get very, very concerned very quickly. And it makes me kind of wonder a little bit of when they were talking about Baron Browning moving to that edge position. Maybe this is why they're thinking that, that they're going, we need him more at that spot than we do as an off ball guy. Yeah, no, absolutely. Jason O'Neill coming in saying 2022 draft can't come soon enough. I'd love to know which position player the Broncos will draft first. I think Peyton kind of said it in an interview just the other day. He mentioned three positions, cornerback, edge rusher, and offensive tackle. It really comes down to who slides and who's available. And Carl, I agree with you. The edge rushing spot probably being the most pressing now with this Gregory information as well. But I don't think they should wait until the draft uh, to get to get that guy. I think there's actually a pretty clear drop off after Boye Mafe. And then after that, I don't feel in love with any of the pass rushes at 64 cam Thomas. I, he screams tweener to me. I'm getting DeMarcus <laughs> Walker vibes all over again, watching him. Uh, then you have Drake Jackson. Uh, his hands look like wet tissue paper. Sometimes I know he's got a lot of bend and tools, but he's so soft. Uh, Nick Benito, a finesse rusher as well. Speed guy, but yeah. kind of like a, a hyped up Malik Reed. I'm looking for a little bit more edge setting ability versus the coverage dropping. You have Baron Browning already as your kind of finesse drop into coverage guy who can do some of that stuff. Um, Kingsley Anikbari, not a good enough athlete. And so it's kind of concerned there. I think there's a tier difference there that uh, I, I would personally be paying a Trey Flowers, paying a Jadavian Clowney, paying a Arden Key, paying a uh, Carlos Dunlap even before the draft just to further solidify that position. So that's that's where I sit personally. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I think you got to add another guy in free agency. This yeah. is where you bite the bullet, say we can't go cheap at this position because this could make or break the season. Mm-hmm. When you're looking at all these teams that you're going to be playing in the AFC West and, and with the rest of the schedule, you can't have this, this drop-off as an edge team compared to the rest of the teams in the division. And you have to be able to get after those quarterbacks, make them uneasy. You can't just have Russell Wilson – have to be the only quarterback that's uneasy. Yep. And uh, so uh, this, this news was pretty devastating to me. Um, yeah. You know, he, it, like I said, it's, it, he could be ready for the season. He could be healthy the entire year. I'm not trying to be Debbie Downer completely, but it, it just makes me so nervous, especially after last year with Bradley Chubb, the year before that with, with Von Miller, you know, you just, you've seen this with these edge guys where they make these say these sayings of, Oh yeah, they'll be ready for the season. And then they're not. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, that's a definitely a good call. We got Robert Caslow coming in. Jeff also coming in saying, hello. We got Juan. Hey guys, how you doing? Juan doing, hope you're doing well. Roy coming in, supposed to snow here tomorrow in South Dakota. <laughs> oh my buddy. I'm sorry to hear that. Mark Lindemode coming in. Howdy, Nick, Scott and Carl go Broncos Facebook users. Not sure who this is, but God bless you. What's up guys. I'm ready for the OTAs and training camp. Let's get to the draft first. I'm that's what I'm, that's the next big hurdle for me. Um, Lord Deer coming in. Lord Deer, it's been a second. Uh, I love your picture. Patricia, Patricia Holmes always makes me laugh. Uh, do you think the arms race in the West is crazy if we don't get Russ? I think it's still crazy, um, but it would be 
a hopelessness and despair here where we're like, oh, I guess you take Malik Willis and you hope to God. And then you're probably bad anyway. And picking in the top three or top, you wouldn't have arms, arms race like you did. Probably I'd be saying, tear it down uh, your window, push it back two or three years because good luck. But Russell Wilson, the window opens back up. We're right in the thick of things. Greg Smith. Good evening. Broncos country. Good to see you. Uh, we also got Ruben coming in, Nick and Carl, you two are the best ones who know what you're talking about. Maybe about some things. I don't know about football. No, Ruben, that's really nice of you to say. We appreciate, <laughs> yeah, appreciate it. it. Uh, we also have the X factor, Scott Kennedy working in the background. So that'd be great. Um, Sinji saying, I heard a rumor about Denver trading Chubb to move up in the draft. Anyone heard this? Haven't heard it. I am skeptical of it because you're taking away from a position uh, that you already are concerned about it. You're just making a bigger hole in it. This isn't dealing from a surplus. This is, creating a bigger hole on the spot that I'm personally the most concerned about. Now, if you can get good return for him, if you can get like two twos or something, then I'm interested in that because last year of his deal is going to be expensive. Who knows after this year, you know, go out there and then pay Jadavian Clowney and draft the guy with one of those twos or package those twos to go up for a young guy. That makes sense to me. I don't think you're getting two twos for Bradley Chubb after yeah. the injury prone, the expense and the fact that it's only one year of cost control yet left right I, I think right now he's at his worst value he's ever had in his career and like you said getting two twos that'd be great but I, i'm thinking a team might be like oh we'll throw a third round at him because they're still having to pay him pretty good money and it's the one year of control is a yeah. good one as well yeah. so I, I just i can't see anybody being excited about that kind of trade and you better be trading up for another edge rusher like you said so it's kind of you're almost kind of breaking even in that kind of situation, hoping this guy can develop into something. Most edge rushers are not great as rookies. Uh, I saw something the other day, the highest PFF grade for an edge rusher that the Broncos have drafted since Von Miller, Jonathan Cooper. I believe it. So it just kind of shows they've had trouble finding somebody that, especially their rookie year can come in and do anything. Even Bradley Chubb. Yeah. You know, he, he had a pretty good rookie year. I'm surprised his grade wasn't higher than that, but uh, we got Paul coming in. Always love Paul saying hello, Nick and Carl. Appreciate it, Paul. Good to see you, buddy. Yeah, and Paul also says we need a double dip at edge. Definitely possible. I would probably get a free agent first just because there's still some names on the market that are interesting. Uh, but it's going to be interesting to follow. Who knows? Uh, Kayleon Green. Nick, I'm on time, buddy. Good to see you, Kayleon. Thanks for joining us on time. Also joining us anytime. The time doesn't start until he joins. Michael Ronquillo. Good evening, Nick and Carl on Broncos country. Go Broncos. Good to see you, Michael. Hope things are going well with you. And uh, Tracy's baby coming in saying that sounds good, but who are they going to replace Rain Randy Gregory with? You can't replace Randy Gregory uh, at this point in the free agency market and with the draft capital that you have. But what you can do is replace Malik Reed slash push Jonathan Cooper with a uh, better talent there. And edge rusher is a rotational position anyway. Typically, you know, your best guys are playing 60% of the snaps, 65% of the snaps. So you need depth across the board there. And, Last year, I remember a lot of people, you know, poop on Fangio time. Is it poop on Fangio time again in Broncos country? It is. But last year, a lot of people were upset that Fangio's fabled defense couldn't couldn't uh, close out games. The Broncos were sending a seventh round pick, two seventh round picks, and a UDA, UDFA after the quarterback consistently, finishing with the 32nd highest pass rush win rate in football, according to ESPN, and the 31st pass rush uh, grade for PFF. Uh, they're still professional players. You know, they're not the worst of all time, but like Broncos had some of the worst pass rush in football personnel wise, talent wise. That was a big yep. reason they couldn't close out the game. And that's a big reason why this is a big concern for this team. I mean, you flashback a year ago, Broncos defense, they could be great. They got all these cornerbacks and you have Von Miller coming off of a serious injury and Bradley Chubb. That should be great. 
two seconds later, the Broncos are rushing with Jonathan Cooper and Malik Reed. It can get bad fast. That's a position you need depth. And I don't feel comfortable with Cooper and Reed as your three and four personally, even if you're using Browning as a kind of hybrid player right now in some different looks, I that's I'm scared about that one. I'm really concerned about the edge rush. Yeah. I'm trying to remember. Did they get five games of Von Miller and Bradley Chubb together other than his rookie year? Oh, uh, it was not a lot. Might've been, might've been less than that. I don't, I don't remember. It was not a lot. So yeah, it's, it's a position they definitely need to look at. They still have some cap room that they can work with. And, and I asked you this question earlier today, how all in should the Broncos go this year, knowing that they have Russell Wilson for the next five to probably eight years. And Paul, yes, hit the like button, everyone, if you possibly can, we're at 19. And uh, so appreciate that for all that you have done it anymore. We appreciate it. Uh, But, but beyond that, like I said, how all in should you go? Oh, I think you should go all into the extent where you're not going to gut your roster moving on from uh, or paying Russell Wilson in the near future. But Russell Wilson is 33 years old. He's not getting any younger. Uh, He's as cheap as he's ever going to be. What is a 24 million cap hit this year? And you have a roster right now that is pretty solid across the board and you don't have your first round pick next year. So like picking, it's not like uh, it matters so much if you're going to, you want to be picking as late as possible on that one, right? Next year is the year to go for it because you don't have that. Like, Oh, if we bottom out, we're gonna have a top 10 pick. No, the Seahawks will have a top 10 pick if you bottom out. So now is the time to go for it. And the chiefs step back. I know the AFC West is loaded right now, but you have the means to do that. Uh, so, you know, it's always a little bit of hyperbole. Oh, go for it. They're always kind of going for it. But if there's something like signing a Jadavian Clowney or a Tyron Mateo that can even make those margins of error, uh, or your margins for error bigger, that's something you should consider doing. Uh, personally, that's just me speaking. Yeah. I saw a Steelers fan, the NFL put out on their Twitter account, their official one, you know, who, which team had the best off season. And a Steelers fan was like us because we signed Matthew. And everybody's like, no, you haven't. He's like, well, we're going to. No, you're not. Well, <laughs> Maybe they will, but Lord knows. probably not. Uh, Ernie May is saying, hello, Nick, Carl, go Broncos. Ernie, you've been with us for a long, long time. Appreciate seeing you, brother. And uh, Stash Brannigan saying, is this overreaction Monday? Yes. Yes, it is. You know, it's just, like I said, it's unfortunate of going to the highest of highs with getting Russell Wilson and some of these other moves they've made. And just to have this setback, you know, unfortunately with the AFC West, that the margin is going to be very slim between who's going to be the top team, who's going to be the bottom team. And little things like this, if Randy Gregory starts missing time in the season, Bradley Chubb starts missing time in the season, that could derail the Broncos from being that true Super Bowl contender to possibly finishing fourth in the division. Yeah, absolutely. And we got Aaron also coming in saying, how many games will Gregory be out for? Uh, could be zero, could be multiple. Uh, we won't know. He's getting that arthroscopic shoulder surgery. He's in a sling right now, and he's expected to rehab it and be good to go for the start of the season. But that's a long ways out. There's multiple hurdles to get to before we see that. So, and is he going to be a hundred percent when the time comes as well? That's another question, right? Like uh, this is fortunately one that they're being aggressive with it to hopefully correct it long-term versus like they said in the, like Cliff said in the article, the conservative approaches where he could be ready sooner, but play through pain. I think this is the right path, and I, I don't think this is George Payton sitting on a whoopee cushion like uh, Juwan James, so uh, so to speak. But uh, definitely something to be a concern at a position that, going into it, I was already concerned about the depth. 
Yeah. Uh, so question for yeah. you. Do you think he waited until now because he wanted to get through free agency, get signed and then get the surgery? Because I mean, he's had this injury probably since January yeah. could have got done in January. Six months later would have been July mm-hmm. could have made it back for training camp since it's supposed to be about a six month recovery time. But would that have probably hurt his value in free agency to know that he's going to miss most of the offseason like that? I think he probably wanted and his team probably thought it was better to talk with the potential suitors about it as well and other teams. So that way they have a plan as well in place with him and uh, are comfortable with it going forward. So before doing anything drastic, just seeing what the potential teams that he might be signing with would be interested in. And the Broncos, this isn't them, you know, all of a sudden, Oh, psych, we have a shoulder surgery. Like this was discussed and decided with the Broncos staff of what the best course of action was. So our best course of treatment, I guess, technically. So definitely something to monitor going forward. And this isn't, maybe I am overreacting, but I just, I, the way people look at the roster is they think, okay, every single one of these players is going to be healthy all season. The way I look at it is it's a floor versus ceiling argument. And I start to take away players because injuries are going to happen. And right now where I'm sitting outside of Russell Wilson, of course, because if he gets injured, you know, okay. Sorry, Anara. Sorry guys. Uh, we'll hopefully see you again in 2023. But right now the edge position is the one that I feel like is the most precarious where one injury could have it pretty fall off pretty drastically. And if two, I mean, you're talking about a team going from should win 10 games to probably fighting for 500. Yeah. Given the, the issues with the, uh, the AFC West in general. So we'll see. Um, Michael coming in here is saying, didn't you say that it's a deep edge class? Wouldn't there be a steel mid second round to trade up for? It depends on how the board falls. I personally think so. Just looking at a big board here, names that obviously I would like on this team, Aiden Hutchinson, Thibodeau, Trevon Walker, Jermaine Johnson, not going to be there. Uh, none of those guys, not within range, no doubt. David Ajabo, who knows with the Achilles injury. Um, I doubt he falls to 64, but again, that's a 60, uh, that's an Achilles injury. Who knows what it's going to be like? Every team's going to, some teams will have him off his board, off their board completely now. So we'll see. George Karloftis, I think he's probably going to be out of range. Probably same with Boye Mafe. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight edge rushers that we already mentioned. After that, you're talking about guys who might be there. Cameron Thomas, I don't really like Cameron Thomas as much. I know he's productive, but again, I don't see very much burst uh, compared to what I wanted the position and not much bend. And I don't see him being able to hold up against double teams. I just, I, it's just too tweenery with, with traits for me. Uh, Arnold Ebiketti, if he falls, I'd be interested. Yes. If he's there, you know, 50, 55, absolutely. Logan Hall. I think he's the good kind of tweenery because his three technique tape is awesome. And he can do five technique as well. After that though, you have the, so Logan Hall and Arnold Ebiketti, Josh Pascal, I'd be okay with it. 64. I don't love it, but I like it. Nick Benino, not for me. Sam Williams. I would love Sam Williams tape at 64 but he has a a battery charge that who knows what that means maybe he's going to be completely off the broncos board with that situation drake jackson i don't really like that much uh not until the third round kingsley nagbari same thing my my jay sanders same thing uh then you talk d'angelo malone tyree smith dominic robertson jeffrey gunter alex wright probably day three guys so it's it is deep but it's more deep in like the top 40 to 50 where a bunch of these guys are going to come off then after that it gets a little bit i i have a hard time with it so. No, I'm, I'm with you there. I mean, yeah. I think if there is a guy that falls to the mid-second that you really like, don't hesitate to trade up just because you're yeah. missing your first and, well, your first second round pick. Be willing to to take that chance because it is such an important position. And and like I said, Chubb, are you going to pay him beyond this year? Malik Reed's going to be gone. Jonathan Cooper, more of a probably career backup guy. You like him, but I, I can't see him really developing into a true elite starter in the NFL. 
Maybe yeah. he'll prove me wrong. I hope he does because that would be huge for the Broncos. Um, but again, this is a position you need somebody that's going to be not only depth for you this year, but future possible starter for you moving forward. And so, like I said, if, if Moye falls, get up there, go get that guy. Um, you know, if, like I said, Arnold Ebiketti falls, go get that guy. Yeah. There's, there's a few of them there that I think could fall right in that range. And I, I would be more than willing to go ahead and sacrifice whatever it takes to go get them. Yep. Absolutely. So let's shout out to Marcus Lewis Henna in here saying, hi guys, love and respect from the UK, Great Britain. Go Broncos. Let's ride Marcus. I'm really pulling for you guys and all, all of the Broncos country in United Kingdom and in Europe, because it does sound like the Broncos are making a, a play right now to play the Jags in London, which would be awesome. Also, I'd be ecstatic about the Broncos not having to go to Jacksonville because a lot of times the Broncos historically struggle going to games in Florida. So something to watch. Hopefully Broncos are going to be playing in London though. Remove that home field advantage, the humidity there in, uh, in Jacksonville. Yeah, I'm with you. That would be, <clears throat> it's always fun to watch those games. Um, it, it's kind of weird because they usually start at like 7 a.m. here, 8 a.m., something like that. And uh, I usually, obviously I'm working on Sundays. So I'm trying to watch it on my phone as I'm getting everything set up for the day and it gets a little crazy. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping the Broncos get that game. I, I know, especially the Bolin family, they have been such huge proponents for trying to become worldwide with the NFL. Yeah. And so this would be just kind of that farewell for the Bolin legacy to, to have them be able to play one more game overseas before possibly ownership switches over. We don't know when that's all going to happen, but we'll, we'll have to see on that. But we got Marcus Lewis coming in here saying, would not be surprised if he gets a good edge way Peyton has got guys here. Yeah. Peyton he's done so many things, right? It's hard to argue with most of the moves that he's made. Mm -hmm. I, I did question the Gregory move just because of a lot of the risks that came with him, but I liked the contract. I liked how it was all set up once we saw it. And, and I still like the move for the most part. It just, this happening now makes it even more nervous uh, of what's going to happen there, but I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and, and we'll see what they do moving forward. Like I said, could bring in another edge rusher here in free agency and one in the draft. And then I'm going to feel pretty good about it. But we got yeah. Dennis Woods coming in saying uh, uh, with the $5 super chat, hadn't heard about Gregory. So then do you see GP making a harder push for one of the free agent edge rushers rather than wait for the draft? Yeah, I, I think he's going to do both. Yeah, I could see them wait until the draft to see how it plays out and then assess the free agency market post draft for a bunch of those guys. That could make a lot of sense as well. But uh, I personally, I think I'd be talking to Russell Wilson now and maybe restructuring uh, Justin Simmons contract to create a little bit more cap room to go out there and get another guy to raise the floor of the room. That's I mean, that's something I would be looking to do right now with the way the pass rushers are on this team. I think you have a good ceiling with Gregory and Chubb, but I don't think Cooper you want starting and you definitely don't want Malik Reed starting. And I know that Malik Reed has a lot of sacks, but like he's right now on his original round tender for less than 3 million at the second highest paid position in football. And nobody has paid him. You wouldn't have to give up anything. You could pay him a one year, 3 million deal, which is a steal. And the Broncos would get nothing in, uh, nothing in return. Hasn't happened. But what's his value? Like th this isn't, I know people will tweet about the sacks and whatnot, but like not high quality sacks. They're just, they're just, just not a very, very good player for what, uh, what the value is of the position. Uh, Dennis Woods coming in $5 saying, hadn't heard about Gregory. Uh, oh, just just thank you, Dennis. Yeah. Thank you so much <laughs> for that. Also wanted to shout out to, uh, 
uh, Marcus Lewis Henna um, for the super chat here as well, the stars. So thank you for that. And make sure you guys are getting in the stars because we just have three days left to qualify for the raffle. And I know you guys want to get those in because chance for a Russell Wilson jersey. God, that would be so nice. I'm looking for one too, but they're all sold out everywhere. So you'll get one uh, eventually if you win the star raffle. So make sure you're getting your stars in and the super chats in. We're close on Facebook, but uh, only a few more days left. So getting that in there. And thank you so much for those who have uh, contributed to keep the lights on on the show. Uh, speaking of keeping the lights on, Michael Ronquillo, good to see you. Said uh, linebacker Chad Muma from Wyoming had his pro day today. Yeah, I know Luke, our, our own Luke Patterson, was there taking it in live. I love Chad Muma. Uh, if he was there at 64, I know that I hyperbole. I like to have a little tongue-in-cheek that the linebacker position doesn't matter. Uh, but still, you want to get good players out there. You're picking at 64. You shouldn't overthink the value too much. And if he's by far and away the best player on your board when you're picking at 64, go for it. I don't care. If, if you draft him... Does that pretty much guarantee Browning is going to be an edge rusher most of the the season? Then, yeah, okay. probably. Yep. I mean, they're going to compete, uh, but your Browning has multiple avenues to the field now, and right. uh, I kind of like Browning. You know, this Eric and I debated on this a lot. Where I'm like, the physical profile, the value you get from the edge rusher. Maybe you should try Browning at edge right away. Chubb's not going to be here for much longer. The way his contract set up, Vaughn is getting older, and Eric pushed back on me a lot on that one. But now he's going to play some edge, so we'll see in the value of that. I think he could be a very good. Uh, kind of like a Patriots-esque hybrid edge rusher where like Kyle Van Noy and Jamie Collins, who were both good athletes who could rush the passer, but they're playing stand-up 2.9 technique. And they're as often dropping into pass coverage as they are rushing the passer. So there is some versatility there with him. Uh, You have to be a physical freak to kind of get that, to get away with that. But I think Browning has that physical freak ability. So yeah, um, definitely interesting. Um, Can you get this one, Carl? Yeah, I'll get this one from Chronic. let go all let's go all in on edge and let wilson get killed on the right side because if wilson goes down we still can win with pass rushers okay broncos have done a decent amount at the right tackle position yes they haven't gotten a star but you're not going to have stars at every single position and i can tell you right now looking at the afc west broncos have the best right tackle situation in the division so this isn't just an, a Bronco problem. This is, it's really an NFL problem. It's hard to find quality tackles. It's why they're usually going off the boards very quickly. It's why there's even talk of one going number one overall this year, because teams just can't find them. And if you do find them, then you got to pay them big, big money. And uh, it's why, you know, a couple of years ago, um, who was the one that was traded for like two first round picks? The Orlando Brown. No, he got traded for a first and second. Um, oh, Larry Tunsil. Yeah, Tunsil. Um, and, and so, like I said, they're highly valued players right now. And I think the Broncos have at least an average tackle that's going to come out of either Billy Turner, Compton, uh, Anderson. One of them's going to be at least an average player. And the rest of them, the nice thing is they, they have multiple positions that they have played in their careers. So they can play all over the offensive line. So really the offensive line... I, I think is looking pretty decent. Actually, uh, was it Cowboy Math or something like that? I'm I, pulling it up right now. As okay. Doing it. <laughs> he has the Broncos rated as the number three pass blocking offensive line for the 2022 season. I, I know most people are going to push back against that. And I, I honestly would too. But, um, but it just kind of shows most people around the NFL look at the Broncos and say, hey, they're pretty solid across the board. 
they don't have really any big time stars. I mean, Garrett Bowles had his really good season a couple years ago, but beyond that, they don't have any huge stars, but they're solid. And if you have five solid guys in the offensive line, you can have a pretty darn good offensive line. So yes, right there. If you look at that for pass protection, uh, they're looking at each guy and how they feel like they're going to rate in 2022 Broncos are rated third. Yep. And uh, some more here from him. If you can see that um, Broncos quietly have a bunch of pretty decent players and they used a, uh, this is year by year dot size, uh, 2015 to 2021 number of snaps, the bigger the dot, the more snaps they played. And uh, 2022 here is the estimate based on their career PFF pass protection grades. Broncos pass uh, offensive line. I think that three overall is a little bit uh, over optimistic, but this is going to be a top half of the league offensive line. Um, and they have depth as well. This is probably one of the deepest offensive lines I can remember the Broncos having as well. So would I like the Broncos to have a right tackle of the future to protect Russell Wilson? Yes. I think Billy Turner is as good as any right tackle he's had in his entire career in Seattle as well. I just, I can't think of any off the top of my head. So uh, it's something that we're concerned about. I'm concerned about the long-term of the tackle position, Calvin Anderson, Billy Turner, Tom Compton, all one-year deals. It's a long-term question. And then also you have Garrett Bowles' contract, which after 2023, so two years from now, you can save 16 million with only 4 million dead cap. If you move on from him, that's something that depending on his play, we we're going to need to monitor, but uh, I don't think that him getting killed is as much of a concern. If anything, the offensive line should be better this year. I think Teddy Bridgewater had the, longest average time to throw of any quarterback in football last season uh, definitely was up there as for that. So should be, should be okay on the offensive line. I don't think it's going to be a top 10 unit, but I would be shocked if it was a bottom 10 unit because they have depth at all and versatility across the board where they have guys that can step in and provide competent play. And that really matters. Yeah, I'm there with you. So (laughs) Well, yes, if, if there's a tackle at 64, the Broncos yeah. like, love, go for it. Take that position. Like you said, you got to build for the future. Yeah. And giving that guy a year to develop behind what's a pretty solid unit, go for it. But it's not near the top of my list, at least when I'm looking at 2022. We got Anthony Ortiz saying, What's up, guys? And Broncos Nation. Anthony, good to see you here. Appreciate it. And uh, just uh, it's great to see everybody talking i know we're we're a little bit down, debbie downer today i'm sorry about that we'll try to get up for the rest of this episode a little bit more because the Rockers are still good oh, you know man. it just they took some risks and you got to take some risks to to make it in the nfl you know top teams look look the last two super bowl winners they both took chances on quarterbacks that most people were kind of down on mm-hmm. boom they go win a super bowl so we got michael ronquillo come back saying broncos countries are the best fans in the nfl let's ride and go broncos Yes, that, that's exactly right. You know, it, it's still going to be a great season. Even yeah. if Randy Gregory is is struggling to get on the field, whatever it's going to be, because he got the quarterback, uh, you know, I, I'm sure you saw the video of him throwing to Jerry Judy. And, you know, it, it's great to see. Uh, from what I understand, Russell Wilson had his throwing session with the other guys, then went to his, his I think it's his sister, mm-hmm. is in the uh, the women's March Madness tournament. So he went and watched her Saturday and Sunday and then went to the Oscars and got quite the show there and then was back Monday or Tuesday throwing back yeah Monday throwing with Jerry Judy. And so just kind of shows like this guy's committed. This guy's really going for it. And, you know, Jerry Judy, good to see him taking that time to go out there and and get the his throwing sessions in. And uh, so, yes, it's I 
I'm excited. Everybody's locked in. Everybody's committed for this year. We'll see what they have going forward. We've got AJ Lavender saying, I think Tom Compton and Miners in the run game are going to be ragdolling for Pookie. Yeah, I think that's the great thing that you have. You have guys that have different levels of what they bring to the table. Compton, great run blocker. Yeah. I'd say Billy Turner is probably the better pass blocker. Yeah. And and so you kind of just gotta pick and choose what what do you want on the field? Uh and I, I think Compton, man, you put like I said, put him next to miners, that run game on the right side. If it's third and one, good luck stopping that. Yeah. It's not gonna end well for you on the other side. And this is the antithesis of the edge spot right now. And even I would say the interior defensive line where you have depth in the offensive line to withstand inevitable injuries. They're going to happen. People look at the 22 man roster or the 22 starters and be like, okay, that's where we're at. It's not going to look close to that five weeks into the season, let alone towards the end of the season. Uh, the offensive line does have the depth spot depth where they can withstand some injuries and they're going to get the best guys out there. So uh, AJ, I don't actually recognize the name uh, AJ Lavender. So thank you for the comment. And I agree with you. It's going to be a lot of fun to see those guys out there. Um, heck let's add uh, Eric uh, Tomlinson in there at uh, the Y tight end spot too. This if we're going to be all in on the, uh, the run blocking goodness gracious, that, that is a built man. He, that is a big person there. It's a tight end. Ah, sure. 280 pound tight end. I'm sure. Uh, but uh, we got, um, Super coming in here from John Clay Evington. Good to see you, John. Always awesome to see John in here. Uh, evening gents, pro football focus drafts in consistently lays a path for the Broncos to draft edge linebacker and right tackle at 64, 75 and 96. Greg Dolchich is interesting. Kellen D Deich is also interesting at 96 thoughts. Oh, you're going to hate me for this, John. I don't really like either of those guys that much. Um, <laughs> I like Dolchich a lot as far as a, flex tight end if you want to have a true f option so the, the the guy who's attached to the line of scrimmage they're annotated as the y and the flex tight end for f that's how i think about it. it's an easy way to remember nice little fun way to remember it um and based on what nathaniel hackett just said two days ago now uh, one day ago now with the interview next to the beach there in west palm springs or whatever the heck it is uh florida that um i think it's florida is, is it or is it in la i don't even yeah i don't I even think know. it's florida it's some beautiful beach uh don't have those as much close to Seattle. There's some nice by the sound, but anyway, I digress. He mentioned that Alberto Kwebenam is going to be more of a tight end wide receiver move piece. That's what Dolchich is. And if you love him enough, that's fine, but it's not, you are having overlapping skill set there for a position that I personally like a little bit more specialization. That's not really a one size fit all, unless you're a super monster dude who can do everything. So uh, Dolce is going to be fine. I think the Broncos are probably looking for a little bit more of somebody who can do a little bit of everything. Uh, Daniel Bellinger comes to mind. Jeremy Ruckert comes to mind. Trey McBride comes to mind as a fit more than Dolchich. Although Dolchich is a really good pass catcher. I really do like him. Um, just not as much for the Broncos. Kellen Dyche, great athlete. His arms are so short and he's so tall and lean that his path to the field, if it's not tackle, is concerning and there have not been I don't know if there are any tackles in the NFL in the last 10 years that have started meaningful games that have arm length as short as him and a lot of times you see the guys with arm length as short as uh Deesh, uh they get kicked inside to guard he's too tall and lean he can't play guard uh he's going to have issues uh anchoring and winning the leverage battle if anything he's gonna have to kick outside to become an Eric Tomlinson of sorts with his body type I know he's a great athlete but uh just he'd be he's a weird body type like I think this I'm coming at the guy's life here, just joking here. But like, if he gets a phone call and his phone's in his pocket, he might not be able to reach it. You know, it's like that kind of thing where it's like really short arms for his body type. So 
Um, don't like him as much. I prefer uh, Beer Beerford from UTSA. I prefer Braxton Jones from Southern Utah. I prefer Matt Walesco from North Dakota State uh, over where you're where I see uh, Kellen Deesh going in drafts. Well, there you go. Um, yeah, I I don't mind taking a tight end. I know we've got some Trey McBride fans in here. I see James Hyatt saying big dude, huge hands. Um, I, I don't know if he'll be there at 64. Even if he is, still tight end's not the position I'm looking too high in the draft at because it is a deep tight end draft. I think you can get a guy fourth, fifth round that can still give you some meaningful snaps. Um, if he's there, I mean, I don't mind it because it gives you some options there for the weapons that you can have on the field. I just feel like Nathaniel Hackett likes having three wide receivers on the field, especially when you've got four quality wide receivers on this team. Yeah. Are you really going to put two of them on the bench to have a rookie tight end on the field? Are they going to start over Okwebenam? I kind of doubt it at this point. I, I think Okwebenam has proven to be a, a starter quality tight end in the NFL. And I think they have some decent plans for him. And, and I know he fits kind of the tight end that, that Russell Wilson likes, that big, tall guy that can go over the middle, have a little bit of athleticism, go make the, the catches over the top. Um, so if they take McBride, hey, I'm going to be excited. It's another weapon to throw out on the field. I, I just, I'd be a little hesitant of the Broncos going that direction. Yeah. Oh, man, I'm looking at Kellen uh, Deesh's mock draftable spider graph, and it's just the sight to behold with the arm length and the wingspan and the weight compared to the height and the athletic testing. What a weird player. Uh, might have a better job at uh, moving to tight end. Um, Lord Deer coming in from with the, with the Canadian 799. Thank you so much, Lord Deer. Got a chance to be live today. Just glad to be competitive each week and back in the national spotlight. We all are over. We are all over TV. Woohoo! Let's ride. And I like the three being worked in there. Gosh, I like it so much more than the let them hate that we were seeing with the threes in there or something as to that. That that's <laughs> triggering to me to this point. It's a yeah. It's a lot of fun uh, with yeah. Russell Wilson now in town. It's pretty cool. So you know, YouTube they keep track of your favorite things that you like to look up. And of course, Denver Broncos are near the top of mine. And, and so every day seeing like every national media talking about the Broncos again, kind of like when we had Peyton Manning and, and just talking about the AFC West in general. Mm -hmm. I mean, again, those, those six games are going to probably be some of the best games of the entire season for all, all teams in the NFL. So it's just going to be exciting to see that. Like I said, every week got a chance and, you know, going into those fourth quarters, trusting that your quarterback can actually go win the game for you, man, it's been a long time since we felt that way. So, yeah, Lord dear, you're right. This is going to be a lot of fun. Let's ride. It's going to be so much fun. Also, thank you so much for uh, supporting the show, Lord dear. We appreciate you. David Kilgore coming in here, too, saying, I hope that we draft uh, S. Thompson from Kansas State. He's smart and accurate quarterback and can learn under Wilson. Uh I haven't watched him at all, um, but if you say he's smart and accurate, then maybe a seventh round flyer on him. Uh, considering how deep I was in the the quarterback search, uh, the fact that I hadn't watched him yet probably says that he's not super thought of in the NFL circles. Doesn't mean he's going to be bad. It's just, you know, I tend to listen for a buzz first uh, before spending the time watching the tape. So I haven't watched much of him, um, but if you vouch for him with the 999 super, heck, let's get it. Let's, let's bring him in. It'll be a lot of fun. And uh, heck, Carl, do you want to be the backup quarterback? I don't. I don't care. Brett Rippon. Uh, it doesn't matter. If Russell Wilson goes down. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. So um, yeah, bring back Tebow. Who cares? I, let's, let's have fun. I think John Elway said it right. We're going with Plan A. That, that's that's what you got to do. 
And yeah. uh, I, I don't mind. I, I want them to take a quarterback in this draft because I want them to keep the quarterback position cheap moving forward. You got Josh Johnson, though. So you, you already got your backup really in the room. Brett Rippon as the third emergency quarterback. Plus, he's a smart guy on the or off the field in the film room. So I feel like the quarterback room actually is pretty set for this year. But if they want to take a flyer on a guy with one of those seventh round picks, I'm not going to fight against that. You know, that's throwing darts at a board and hitting a name and saying, let's draft that guy at that point. And Thompson from K-State, I've watched a little bit of him. I'm not uh, the biggest K-State football fan. I mean, I went to school in that town and uh, it just kind of burned me out on that college. But but no, I've heard good things about him from people here in Kansas talking about him a little bit. And the little I have watched, yeah, I, I think he is a smart quarterback. Uh, and I, I think he can make a few plays. And, you know, I, I still think you're probably looking to upgrade the position moving forward. But we got John Juno coming in saying, you hear Peyton talk about trading into the first round. Yeah, yeah I, I, I think ahead. that's more GM talk because, I mean, to trade up clear into the first round, you're probably giving up your 2024 first round pick to get up there and and more. <laughs> it's going to take a lot to get to that kind of position. So I, I think it's just him saying we're we're ready for anything. And yeah. and I appreciate that about him that he's not eliminating any options on the table. Yeah, I mean there might be somebody fall that he's like, "Hey, what would it take?" And if they say that's not nearly enough, then the worst that happens is you get hung up on and uh, you know, move forward with it. But I I do think the Broncos maybe would be interested in trading up in top of the second round, middle of the second round, depending on what happens. They have some draft picks. I could do some maneuvering there. Uh, wouldn't also be shocked if they traded back and started to accumulate some 2023 draft capital as well. Cause right now they sit with only four draft picks and none of them all that good. None of them all that high. So I uh, need to start looking forward to that as well to replenish the stock, but it'll be interesting to see. Thank you so much, John, for the support. Uh, we appreciate you. We also got uh Raul blitz coming in here saying, Hey boys from Melbourne, Australia. All right. Good day. Uh, good to see you. <laughs> I mean, I, I did a, uh, my wife and I, our part- partner, Natalie, uh, did a six-week tour in Europe with a company that I guess I shouldn't say what they are. They have no free advertising, um, but they it was all Australians, and that was a phenomenal time. If, if you ever have a chance to tour someplace with a bunch of Australians about 20 to 30 years old, 10 out of 10 stars. God, I'm still recovering from it, but that was so much fun. So <laughs> anyway, coming forward here, I really like the Billy Turner move, but I'd love to see us add another pass rusher. Clayus Campbell would be a great mentor for our younger rushers. Thoughts? Hashtag state of being. Thank you so much, Raul. Uh, I would love Clayus Campbell here. The Broncos, we talk, we're talking about edge rusher a lot right now, but Carl, right now, who is who are your defensive ends starting in 3-4 base? <laughs> I guess Jones. Which one? You got to say the first name now. because Okay, I guess both Jones, really. Then who's playing? You, so you're playing Priscilla at nose tackle. I I am at this point because I I can't see anybody else. I mean I want DJ Jones at the nose tackle, and I'd rather have somebody else at the other end spot. But who was? I mean I guess Ajim. I think I think right now it's probably Ajim. I think Purcell is destined for a June first designation, uh, closer to that time when they're paying the draft picks. So yeah. that's what I think he's destined for. But we'll we'll see. But yeah, right now he pretty much hit the nail on the head. Uh, your three, four, five technique, four, I four, wherever it's lined up to, for the minutia there. Um, I, I, good, <laughs> good guess. Um, who knows? Yeah. And the Broncos aren't going to be in three, four base that much, hopefully, because it's a little antiquated, but you are going to have it sometimes. And last year, the Rams love to play actually a five, one, five, which is 
wild. You mean talk about these guys think I hate the linebacker. Wait until you see what the Rams have done with the position recently. Granted, they have an Aaron Donald makes things a little easier, but mm-hmm. we'll, we'll put that in a box. Yeah. Uh, but right now, I mean, it's Ajim maybe or DJ Jones over. I don't know. So getting somebody in here like Clayus Campbell who can play seven technique in a four, two, five or a four, one, six or play five technique in a three, four base. That's a, that's a good move. And it raises the floor of that room as well. And you're right. It brings in a, another veteran there. And I don't think he's going to be that costly uh, overall, considering he's still on the market. There's still also some other guys who can kind of play not as versatile of a role, but that five technique spot, Sheldon Richardson still out there. He's had some really good years uh, played with Minnesota, had some good years there as well. Not what he once was, but still. And uh, Akeem Hicks, who is we've seen in the scheme uh, play pretty darn well in a three, four, not, not exactly the scheme, but the, the three, four match quarters, heavy uh, defense. So some names to consider there for that five technique spot. I don't worry about it as much because I think you're going to be living mostly in sub, whether that be nickel or dime, but it's uh right now. It's a spot that it's a, a big question mark. Yeah, I'm with you there. Um, Clay is Campbell. If you add him, like it, it's nice to have the home guy come home. Like I said, he's not going to be expensive. I think he's 36 years old. I, I think that's going to be the, the bigger thing is, is he going to be willing to take that cheap contract beyond just retire? Like, am I willing to put my body through a whole nother year for $3 million? And I, I don't know if he's going to be or, or not. Um, but uh, Chase Wellner coming in saying, do you like any of the remaining free agent edges? Yeah. I, I think there's Clowney is a, a great one out there. I know he doesn't have like the big sack numbers, but the guy is great against the run. He's got versatility of where you can play him on the line. So you can actually put him in your NASCAR packages when you want to do that. And, and he still gets a lot of pressures. Like he doesn't get home to the quarterback, but he still gets a lot of pressure to force bad plays on the field. And uh, so that, that definitely be one. Um, you'd listed a few others earlier. Trey flowers is still out there. Arden key is still out there. Carlos Dunlap is still out there. Uh, those are the names off the top of my head that I would be interested in some depth. They also offer some versatility, different skill sets than guys you have on the roster right now. Yeah. Uh, so I, they're probably going to wait until after the draft, I would assume. But those are some names that I would be maybe depending on what Randy Gregory's shoulder looks like, what they're hearing early on, uh, something I would be looking to do. Yeah. I think of like Dunlap against the run. That guy is still very, very strong at holding up the edge. And then it gives Gregory chances where you're putting him on the field for rush situations. And I know he wants to be a full-time starter. That's part of why he wanted to, to come to Denver compared yeah. to, to staying with the Cowboys. Cause they kept taking him off the field. But I still think, especially just to save his body yeah. with this injury, with his past, I think it just would be good for him. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree with you there. Uh, we got Shandy Bracey coming in. Good, hello to you, Shandy. Hope you're doing well. Uh, good comment here. I wanted to get to this one because it's something that I have a hard time with because I trust what I can see. I'm a scientist, right? Uh, the measurable and coaching sometimes, especially new coaching is a, uh, tough. There's so many variables. You don't know how these guys are going to be in new positions. So I prefer to talk about the tangible where the player talent, et cetera, et cetera, draft capital contracts makes more sense. Uh, but it's the big X factor here. Competent coaching is going to make a world of change in the wins throwing Russ and these new players. We are looking good Broncos country. I we're all hoping for competent coaching. I hate to be that guy. It's overly negative day. What's in the water up here. It's, the sun, <laughs> sun hasn't been out in three years. No, uh, but Competent coaching, we're hoping for that. But we're in the honeymoon phase with Nathaniel Hackett and all these guys, and this is one of the youngest, most green coaching staffs ever assembled in the NFL, let alone, you know, this year. So 
very yep. much wait and see. They do have the most important thing. Well, I guess multiple most important things, but the quarterback number one, but also George Payton is going to get this guy a talented roster. And he has a, a general manager who I think is going to go out there and get him what he needs. I mean, last year it'd have been easy for George Payton to say, Vic will give you this year, but we're really, you know, we're kind of kicking the can down the road and getting some flexibility for the future because I'm probably going to want to hire my own guy. No, he went yeah. out there and paid a bunch of people, um, especially cornerbacks. And, you know, you saw the clips after the draft, he leaned back to Vic. And he's like, got you your cornerback. Um, so he went out there and empowered Vic, even though he didn't really have to have to right. Like right. The, where Vic was. So he, these coaches have a lot in their corner working for them. They're still unknowns and they will be until they won't. They will be until they aren't. Yeah. And, and like I said, I think it's really hard to tell a guy going from a coordinator position to head coach for their first time. How are they going to yeah. handle that? You know, like the Sean McVay hiring, it wasn't well looked upon yeah. by most in the media and, and even fans were not all that excited. Sean McDermott with the bills. Not a lot of people were talking about that move. And so a lot of times, even the, the big name coaching hire of the cycle doesn't usually end up being the best coach of the group. And uh, so I'm, I'm hoping for good things with Hackett. I, I think he's one of those guys, especially now having the quarterback. If you're winning, I think his style can do well. Mm -hmm. I think he can really do well of keeping guys loose and happy and excited for working. But you lose a few games. That's where I really question his ability to handle the locker room. I, yeah. I think his bubbly personality can actually rub guys the wrong way. Like, dude, just shut up. We know we're, we suck right now. You know, it just I know. Pete Carroll, some players talked about him with that of just, he was just always happy, go lucky. And, and, you know, I, I like that. I, I appreciate a coach that's like that, but, uh, but when you start losing sometimes, like I said, that can rub you the wrong way. So we got David coming in with the 499 super chat saying, do you guys see his coin after the honey badger or going after the honey badger at all? Since he's still available. I'd call. Uh, doesn't yeah. hurt to call um, the Broncos right now. You talk about a position that has some question marks, the safeties. I liked what I saw mostly from Caden Stearns last season, but I thought the more he played the, the worse he looked, you know, could maybe a little bit overexposure too much going on versus a smaller specified role. Great athlete, but a fifth round pick and you're depending on him big time this year. So that's definitely a position where kind of shrugging at it. I feel better about him than McTelvin Ajim or, Malik Reed, but um, I would definitely call on uh, Tyron Matthew just to see if he's interested. I think he probably wants too big of a contract. Uh, the other thing, this is a really good safety draft and you have a lot of picks in like the two to five, two to four range where there's going to be good safeties available that will give you some versatility on the back end of your defense. That'll be cost controlled and give you some opposition uh, options and also better special teams upside. So maybe they'll wait until after the draft, um, but Honey Badger is definitely interesting. They also still really like a uh, tart who is out there uh, from the 49ers. We just might as well sign all the 49ers defensive players that became available, but he's a really, really good box uh, safety. If you're looking to play dime defense, I don't know if there are many better out there than him. A curse was available for a little bit with the Cowboys. He's up there too, but I, I really do like tart. Uh, he interests me a lot. Yeah. I, I want to add to that position because I think Caden Stearns, like I like him, yeah. but he's still going to get plenty of snaps as a third safety. Yeah. I, they're, they're going to play enough dime, even in nickel. You could use him because he showed last year his ability to, to drop down and, and help in that position if he needed to. Um, and, and I still think he's a little raw. Like I said, as the season kind of progressed, there was times where he's kind of a all or nothing kind of guy. Mm -hmm. It's either he's in perfect position and making a huge play or he's completely guessed wrong and he's gone 100 miles an hour in the wrong direction. 
And, and so you got to kind of balance that with him. I, I, I think he can grow in that, mm-hmm. but maybe giving him another year to grow wouldn't be the worst thing. Um, Phil McLaughlin saying, sorry, guys, I cannot get in. You're in. We see yeah. you. I don't know what's going on. Hope, hope you're doing well, Phil. Good to see you. Um, we also got Michael coming in here. He knows that the clock is starting to tick down. Uh, great show tonight. Nick and Carl on Broncos country. Let's ride and go Broncos. I definitely think that safety is a spot that you could look at, uh, but you have a lot of unknowns that have some promise as well at the same time. If they wanted to wait until the draft, that would be fine with me. And if they brought in a cheap veteran to compete, that'd be okay because PJ Locke last year in preseason, actually PJ Locke looked pretty darn good. I was impressed. Like, Oh, this guy can ball um, yeah. underrated player. Uh, Jamar Johnson, fifth round pick last year. Uh, I, a lot of people liked him more than Caden Stearns. I think he got a lot of hype for the Ohio state versus Indiana game. Uh, that didn't translate to other games as much, but still ball skills tackling a question mark. He also, caught the sick bug and did never, never really seem to recover from that. Uh, so maybe year two will be a big one for him, but a lot of safeties in the draft as well. I think if this team is going to play dime, you're going to want to, it's not just Caden Stern starting and it's also PJ Locke slash Jamar Johnson, which big question marks there on those ones. So definitely a position you probably want to look for somebody with some versatility and it's bonus points. If they can play slot slash the box, because right now the only player on the defense that I feel great about playing the slot is Kwan Williams. So you probably want to have some depth there as well. Yeah. And, you know, you still have your guy from last year that's still out there. Um, Bryce Callahan or Kareem Jackson? Kareem Jackson. That, that's who I was thinking of. You, you know, bring them both back. I t- you, you could. From what I understand, it sounds like a little bit of Kareem Jackson is slow playing his market um, because he doesn't really want to do a lot of the offseason work, which when you get older, it, it's hard to be motivated to come in for those practices. And so it could be It's the bureaucracy of it all. Right. I know what this is. I don't have to do this. Yeah. And uh, so wait until, you know, training camp to get him signed. I I could see that happening and he's still a decent player. Yeah. I I don't mind him being on the field. He he makes a few mistakes here and there, but he still makes some big splash plays too for you. So uh, I, I think the Broncos still have a lot of options. I don't think they have to make, like I said, I don't think they have to make big moves right now. There's yeah. still going to be plenty of good names out there. Even like I said, after the draft, that's when the Broncos signed Bobby Massey last year after the draft, he turned out to be a decent right tackle for him last year. Yep. hundred percent. So uh guess wrapping it up here, uh, Randy Gregory, arthroscopic shoulder surgery should be ready to go by the beginning of the season, but a position that's probably the second most impactful on the football field behind the quarterback, well behind the quarterback, but still probably the second most impactful is uh, one that, Right now, the Broncos have question marks as so hopefully Bradley Chubb is going to be healthy. Hopefully, Randy Gregory is good to go. Hopefully, both play the whole season. But I think the Broncos would be smart and wise to add to the room just to raise the floor of the room. You want imagine taking away one of Randy Gregory or Bradley Chubb just right now, like they didn't exist. You know, the, it's a wonderful lifestyle. I wish I never was born. How would you feel about that room? Because right now, I don't feel great about that compared to almost every other position on the field. Uh, so that's one that I think they should look to address. And if all of them are healthy great. You have a rotation of guys to get after the quarterback for a team that hopefully is going to be playing at the lead for the first time since 2014, not to disparage 2015 (laughs) Peyton, but like yikes. Uh, But that's, that makes them even better. So I don't know. It's a, it's a position that I'm concerned about. Right. And I I do want to address, I see in the comments, a lot of people still talking about Bobby Wagner. It -hmm. does not seem like the Broncos are that interested right now. Like like you said earlier, they're, they're going to be playing some five, one, five, where you have one linebacker on the field, three one six, three one seven. Um, 
they're not going to use their linebackers as much as a lot of people would think. And so you signed Josie Jewell. I can't remember the other guy that they signed. Alex Singleton. There you go. Singleton. And of course, Baron Browning, you got him moving around. So you still have, yeah, you still got some guys there for that position and you can still make this defense work without having an elite linebacker on the field. And so I like the player. I just don't think I'm going to like the contract that has to come with him. I'd rather go out there and sign um, an edge guy, an interior defensive line guy. I think those would make a bigger impact on the overall season than a linebacker. So, uh, you know, like I said, love the player and I love what the Broncos are doing. Can't wait to see what the next move is for George Payton and the Broncos. And uh, very excited to see, especially once the draft gets here in less than a month. We are are under a month now. Ah, man, it's uh. It's a little less exciting, but more exciting at the same time. There's less pressure, right? Like yeah. now I'm like all really, I, I was sitting back the other day on the walk and I was listening to somebody talk about the quarterbacks and I'm just like, oh, this is going to be fascinating to see how it plays out. Now I don't have to sit here and be like, you know, <laughs> clenching my fist and holding my legs. You know, it's like, oh my God, what the heck are the Broncos going to do? Don't pick the, uh, <laughs> don't pick the one that's going to pop and bust. But uh, uh-huh. yeah, we got the I... 8675309 Clee. I appreciate the reference there. We're talking yeah. a lot of numbers. Go ahead, no, Carl, I, what were you gonna say? I was going to say, I remember last year's draft when we were doing the live show and every pick leading up to nine, yeah. just hoping Justin, Justin Fields, please fall to the Broncos. And then he's there at pick nine and I'm like shaking on the screen. And, uh, and then like somebody in Bronco media tweeted out, Justin Fields is the pick. And they were wrong. And oh my gosh, I, I remember I had to walk away for just a few minutes after that one, because like I said, just trying to find that quarterback and I will not be feeling that way with the draft this year. I'll just be, Hey, let's see what they do. Happy with what they pick. Usually probably might be a few players. I'm going to disagree with always, but um, still, like I said, once you got the quarterback, the rest of it's just, uh, just icing on the cake. Yep. Absolutely. Well, guys, we're going to get on out of here. We appreciate everyone joining in today. Make sure you're getting in those stars and, uh, super chats to get in for the Jersey raffle. That's coming right around the corner. Uh, make sure you guys are following Carl and I on Twitter. Carl is at Carl Dumbler MHH and I'm at Nick Kendall MHH. Also follow us at huddle up pod as well as at mile high huddle. If you're on Facebook, make sure you're joining our communities there. Facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle and facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod. If you are joining us on the YouTube side of things, make sure you subscribe, like, and share, drop a like uh, at YouTube, Facebook, wherever right now we're at 39 and that's just, it's not a good even number. So if we can get 40 there, <laughs> that'd make me really happy today. My OCD would be through the roof. No, um, but yeah, click a like on the way out. We appreciate you guys. Also, if you're listening to this after the fact, or you listen to the podcast in general, I'm a podcastaholic. I listen to probably like seven a day because I'm sitting back there doing work or something. Two times speed, if you can tell by the way I talk sometimes. Um, go to find the Mile High Huddle. Give us a five-star rating and review for also a chance to win some swag every single month. So we appreciate you. We got some late stars coming in. I'll let Scott pull those up here uh, before we get on out. Marcus Lewis Hen, I think this is the third time for stars today. So we appreciate you, Marcus. Um, it's late here, guys, so have to go, but great show. Go Broncos. It's not late here, but the sun is going down, and I want to take the dog on a walk. So uh, we're getting out, too. Thank you so much. Also, Gary Leeds Palmer. Hey, Nick and Carl. Great show. I've been in the hospital again and back, Uh-oh. but I'm back. Well, I'm glad you're back, Gary, but uh, not great to hear that you're in the hospital. So I uh, hope you're doing better. Uh, that's sending you good vibes. I don't <laughs> I don't know. That that really sucks. Um, hopefully, it's not super serious, and you can be out for good uh, this time. So you can hang out with us, and we can talk football and get excited for the season. 
Yeah, for sure. Thank thank you for, for joining us here today and, and for all of you guys joining us here for this show. Uh, we always appreciate it every Tuesday getting this time to talk some Bronco football with everybody, and it's always a good time. So uh, we got Todd Moyer saying, get well, Gary. Yes, that is for sure. We don't want to see you in the hospital anytime soon. And uh, everybody's saying welcome back very much so. And I, I always kind of wonder if he's related to the golfer, Gary Palmer. I, I don't know. Is he the one with the drink? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It's Arnold Palmer. Excuse me. Yeah. Uh, well, Gary Leeds, glad you're back. Um, appreciate everybody joining us today. Happy Tuesday. We'll see you again next week. Uh, make sure you tune in again tomorrow night. Chad and Zach are back on for another huddle up. We'll be on Scott's channel tomorrow morning. If you guys want to join us over there, uh, we appreciate you. Choose kindness, choose compassion. Go Broncos. Let's ride. You've been listening to Building the Broncos. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.